and you're listening to the Abide Podcast. To find out more about Abide, go to AbideChurchFL.com and enjoy today's message. And so our, our goal is to see the Tampa Bay region filled with prayer. That is what we want to see. We want to see unity and prayer go across this area. And then we want to see it furthermore go into the nation. And so when you give, you're giving to that. You're not giving to salaries. You're literally giving to prayer going into the ground. Um, and so I just want to bless you, those who give. So Father, right now, I just bless every giver. I bless every person with increase, Lord. Not because I do it, but because you are good, Father. And so right now, we just thank you that you would multiply every bit of this, Lord. And we just honor you this morning. We worship you with our giving. And it's in your name. Amen and amen. You guys can go forth. Okay, we're church with many voices. There we go. I remember. Richard with many voices and Pastor Marcus, you can go ahead and come. Uh, I'm so excited that he he just he's fired up and he has a word for you this morning. I got like a literally I got a phrase. We were joking yesterday because Pastor Marcus is known for one liners. If you want to tweet him, he's the best person to tweet. He is. He's got him. He fires him like this. Um, but he literally said a phrase to me yesterday and I was like, whoa, whoa. So y'all just get ready this morning. It's going to be good. Amen. Jesus. Can everybody stand for just a moment? Marcus, we just sat down. You guys will be all right. I promise you. Come on, let's just lift our hands and begin to pray. I just feel like God just wants to break something really quick. So come on out loud. Father, we worship you. Lord, we praise you. Father, we thank you. Lord, I just feel right now, there's about, God's about to break some stuff today, y'all. God's about to shift some things. And I can already feel the enemy is angry. I can already feel the enemy wants to distract you and discourage you. So right now, in Jesus' name, we say right now, enemy loses. Jesus always wins. This is not an arm wrestling contest. Jesus is stronger. Jesus is greater. Jesus is higher. He is seated on the throne. He is at the right hand of the Father. He has all power and dominion. He is glorious, Father. We worship you, Jesus. Come on, in Jesus' name, if you believe it, give Jesus some praise. Oh, hallelujah. Well, if you guys don't know me like uh, Pastor Destiny said, my name is Pastor Marcus. I'm excited, and we're going we're gonna to have some fun today, and we're going to break some things today. I feel strongly like today's a lot of your days. Like God's going to do something. Say, say it with me. God's going to do something in me. God's going to do something in me. And let me tell you, God, when God does something as beautiful, as glorious to him, but it doesn't always look like that to us. So I just want you to be sensitive to whatever God wants to say in your life, whatever God wants to do in your life. He's about to break something. He's about to, uh, Jesse said it earlier, man, I thought you read my message, bro, because you just came up and you were like, I got a word. I said, give it, man, to God. And he just broke it right there. God's about to dig a deep well in some of your hearts. He's about to dig some things, but in order to dig the deep well, right, man, to God, you got to get through the hard ground. I want to let some of you guys know in here, we talk about revival a lot at this church, right? We talk about God's bringing revival. Can anybody give Jesus some praise for revival? God's going to bring a revival. And I feel like we know the language of revival in this church. That's not the problem. But I feel like some of us are disconnected because we feel like it applies to out there, but it doesn't apply to in here. Can I tell you, whatever God does in the earth, he first does through the church. Come on. 
Romans 1.16, for the, I, I'm not ashamed that the gospel is the power of God under salvation, first to the Jews, then to the Gentiles. He hit the home before he hit the world, right? And he looks at the church, he says the same thing, right? Judgment begins where? In the house of God. Whatever he does in the earth, he first has to do through the church. So when we talk about revival, you ought to start praising. You ought to start getting excited because he's saying, before I do it to them, I'm going to do it to you. I need some help in here this morning. Come on. He's going to revive you. He's going to awaken you. He's going to break new ground. If you don't know me, I yell a lot and I'll probably lose my voice. Praise God. But he's going to break a new ground in you. He's going to revive you for revival. Because let's be real, some of us are dead. Some of us are dead in here. Some of us, and let me tell you, let me tell you the way God honors faithfulness. He honors loyalty. Because some of you are in this room and you don't feel it. You don't even want to be here, but you came anyway. Can I tell you, God can do so much more with that than you sitting at home and saying, I guess I'll watch online because I don't feel like waking up this much. Shout out online. I love you guys. That was not a jab, but you guys know what I mean, right? Like, you can get so, the enemy fights us so hard, and I, listen, if you guys know me, I beat the devil up on a daily basis. He don't get no glory from me, but we need to be honest. He wants us to not be in the house of God. He wants us to not receive what God has for us, and he wants us to be right in the same moment 10 years from now, just like you've been for the last three years. And let me tell you, I'm, I'm about to punch the devil in the face today because he has been messing with me for like the last two weeks, y'all. And I've been having to pray. I've been having to break some strongholds. I've been having to dismantle mentalities. Man, there was times where I, didn't, I woke up, I didn't want to talk to nobody. I didn't want to be a part of the church. The enemy was lying to me. And I had to say, you're a liar. Come on, some of you need to remember, if he says something, it's obviously not true. He is the father of lies. So if he says anything, thank you, dummy. I get to believe the exact opposite. So if you say I'm not loved, I must be the apple of his eye. My God, I'm, I'm trying to be good today. No, I'm not. I'm lying. Listen, let me tell you guys, when I preach elsewhere, when I preach elsewhere, I act a fool, y'all. I'm like, listen, I, ain't nobody going to get mad at me. If not, I'm just not coming back. Here, I'm like, okay, Pastor Gio going to have to clean up after me. Like, he's going to get some emails. Some people are going to walk out and they're going to text him. Pastor Gio, I love you, but we about to break some demons down today. Come on. I love you, but some of y'all might get mad at me, and that's okay. Email Pastor Gio doesn't care at abide.com. Come on, somebody. I want you guys, to, I'm going to give you two verses, and I want you to pull it up, and we're just going to preach. Hosea 10, 12, and Psalm 95, 7 and 8. Hosea 10, 12, and Psalm 95, verse 7 and 8. I'm going to get to him at some point, but that's where I'm going to be. Praise God, because you guys know I, I guess I'm, I'm all over the place. I can't, I can't sit still. If you know me outside, I, I'm a chill person. I'm pre we were just talking about this this week. Like I'm the quietest person in every friend group I have until I get in the preaching mode. Something just comes over me, y'all. So we're going, on a, listen, we're going on a roller coaster ride today. I'm going to get a little excited. I might spit. I might sweat. Praise God. He's going to get the glory. It's just glory juice coming now. That's all it is. Don't be nervous. But listen. God is looking to break something in us because before he does it out there, he has to do it in here. Revival is, listen to me, revival is a real thing. Revival is a real thing. Can I prove it to you? We see revival all through the Bible, all through the New Te Old Testament and the New Testament. Where in the world do you see it in the Old Testament, Marcus? Look at the book of Judges, and you can see what happens when the people turn back to God. His hand comes back on them. He begins to bless them. He begins to move in their midst. He begins to shut their enemies down. But what happens is when we don't get in tune with what God is doing, we look like the book of Judges and we go right back to our old ways. 
And some of us are in this room, and you probably feel like I do. Like Pastor Destiny said, I'm jet-lagged. I'm tired. I didn't feel like being here. I woke up like, can I just get 20 more minutes? Desiree's like, no, get up. You're preaching. I said, oh, I forgot I was going to show up 30 minutes late. If I wasn't, I'm just joking, guys. Come on, you're going to actually laugh in church. It's okay. But listen, we got to get to this place where this becomes a reality that we don't just turn off and on when we feel like it. Right? Because we, we love the revival is the cutest word there is in the church right now. We want revival. We want to see people. God awaken people. Oh, we're here for the region. Do you know what that actually looks like? Because if God brings revival, you're not going to have your favorite seat anymore. If God brings revival, you're going to have to apologize to somebody. If God brings revival, you may have to lead your own church. Oh, I'm not called to be a pastor. I didn't ask you if you were called to be a pastor. Does the Bible say if you're called to make disciples or not? And let me tell you, God is doing something in us where it's not about us anymore. This is the, it's the great contradiction, the great paradigm where it's all about you and it's not about you at the same time. He, he's so laser focused on his love for you. And he, at the same time, he's like, listen, I need you to get over yourself. There are actually other people that need what is inside of you. But if we are too dead, broken, and beat down to move in the way God's called us to move, nobody else gets affected. God, God cannot reach out there if he does not first do it in here. Hosea 10, 12, it says this, sow for yourself righteousness. Sow righteousness. How, how many of us have sown everything but righteousness in this season? Right? We've sown anger. We've sown bitterness. We've sown hurt. We've sown discord and wonder why we don't see demonstration. Come on. We've sown gossip and wonder why we don't see glory. Come on. We've sown, we've sown religion and wonder why we don't see revival. We've checked this thing off like, oh, I go to my church. I know we sing a little bit long, but go, I'm like, get it. Destiny going to be up there acting a fool. Co Covey might do another karate kick if he does that. And I'm definitely coming back next week. But other than that, I'm just kind of here doing my thing. I'm about to hurt some feelings, Pastor. Destiny, get the door ready. If all you do is come up to Jesus, uh, come to church once a week, not only can the world not know Jesus, but you probably don't. If your Christianity is centered around only this moment, you do not know the Lord in the way that you should. This is not a beatdown. This is a reality. Like, listen, this is a real person. If you, I don't care how long you've been coming. I've been, Marcus, I've been coming to church longer than you've been alive. Praise God. That's amen. I thank the Lord. If you only talk to him on Sundays for X amount of years, you talk to him a few hundred times, whereas the believer who's walking with him daily, somebody need to talk to me, is in constant communion with him and is moving with him thousands of times a year because I'm in constant communication with him and he gets to break down my walls and set me free from myself. Yes. Set me free from my... That's what it looks like to sow righteousness. Like I need to sow something because if I sow what I want to, it's not going to look good. It's not... Can I tell you before I got saved? I don't even know where I'm going right now. Before I got saved, I was the biggest instigator. I was the biggest fighter. Like, you want to know what I was sowing? I was sowing beef. Y'all know what beef is, right? <laughs> a little of y'all like, what? Does he cook? No, I don't cook. Praise God. I was so in beef and discord. I would get everybody to fight and I would watch them and laugh at them. Be like, guys, I literally made that up so y'all would fight. I was an instigator. I just love to do it. It, was, it, made, it brought me joy. And some of us were looking at our lives. Look at what you're surrounded with and you can see what you're sowing. I'm going to say it again. Look at what's surrounding you and you can see what you've been sowing. Because what you sow, you will reap. Come on, somebody. Don't make me start talking about tithes. Y'all going to start getting mad at me. Listen. 
What you sow, you will reap. If you sow righteousness, you will reap mercy. But out of the hardness of our hearts, a lot of us have sown everything but righteousness. So we're reaping everything but mercy. The Bible said if you sow righteousness, you will reap in mercy. I know I'm talking loud. I know I'm talking hard. But hear me. You actually reap mercy when you sow in righteousness. You got to realize in the book of Hosea, we're talking about a people, the judgment of God is like right there. It's about to fall on them hard. And God said, I'm trying to give you a chance. I'm trying to talk to you. Pay attention. I'm trying to bring you some mercy here. I'm trying to deliver you here. I got some people ready to knock y'all down, ready to storm the gates. I need you to catch this because I'm trying to save you. Sow righteousness for once in your life, and you're going to reap in mercy. There is mercy for every person in this room. I need some help. Oh, there's mercy for every person in this room today. If you will turn from the ways of the world and turn to God. But Marcus, I'm not sowing anything super crazy. If it's not righteousness, it's crazy. If it's not righteous, what does the Bible say? If you know good and you don't do it, it's sin. So if you are in a place where you know what the Lord desires out of your heart, you know what he desires out of your family, you know what he's called you to do, and you're not doing it, not only are you being disrespectful and disobedient, you're being rebellious. Psalm, uh, Psalm 95, y'all got mad at me right there. It's okay. I love you guys. Psalm 95, 7 and 8, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Listen, he starts this by saying, I'm a good father. I'm a shepherd, and I'm going to lead you. I'm going to guide you. I'm going to protect you. And guess what? This is our response. Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Our response to the goodness of God, if we're not careful, is always a hard heart. It's okay. Yes, ma'am. As in the day of trial in the wilderness. Listen, this hits me hard because I realize there is a God that is reaching out to me at every single moment of my life. Some of you are saying, I can't hear God. I don't hear him. He's not talking to me. Yes, he is. God has not stopped talking since Genesis 1. Come on, somebody. When he said, let there be light. God is a talker. God is extroverted. Come on. God's that person at the party that don't stop talking. You know, you got the, but he actually says stuff that makes sense. You know, the one person at the party, they got the center of attention on them. They're just saying dumb stuff to get everybody to look at them. God is saying wonderful and beautiful and glorious things. And he's saying, look at me because that TV show isn't as good. I know you like your Netflix and your HBO and your Hulu and your YouTube Red, all of that stuff. Praise God. You spent like $100 when you could have just got cable. That's a different story anyway. All these things to hear voices that don't bring you life and you wonder why your heart is hardened. We wonder why we have hard hearts. Maybe because we're listening to hard stuff. Maybe because we're looking at stuff that bring us death and not life. Maybe because we're listening to stuff that bring us down and don't bring us actually up. Here's the problem. When we have these hard hearts, we turn away from the greatest thing that we can have. And how selfish can we be to turn away from the God who is always speaking? Come on. You guys have been there before. I've been there before. You hear the drawing of God. You hear him calling you and you say, one more show. One more episode. And you try to blame, watch this, come on. You try to blame it on Netflix because it gives you like seven seconds before the next show comes up. And you're like, all right, after this episode, me and God, we're going, I'm getting in the prayer room. I'm about to pray for my kids. I'm about to pray for my family. Okay, one more show. There it is. Oh, the bar's coming up. Okay, I got two seconds. Lord, I want to, nope, one more show. <laughs> you heard God drawing you and you let the show go to the next one so you could blame it on something else besides yourself. 
You heard God. You, you heard God calling you and you still took the sleeping pill. You, you heard God calling you and you still answered the phone. You heard God calling you and you still went to sleep. You heard God calling you and you said, God, I'm too tired because I've been worshiping my job all day. My goodness. I'm too tired, Lord, because I gave all my energy to my boss. I gave all my energy to this job I work a nine to five for. And I'm like thinking, oh my God, God convicted me so hard. He said, how selfish is our world where we are teaching our children to worship a job and worship a man and worship soccer and worship t-ball and worship football and then go well you ain't got time for church little johnny has a game this wednesday this thursday little johnny's not going to the nfl get him in church i would rather little johnny come on I don't, i'm black i should be like tyreek or something i don't know i would rather little my wife's like oh, i'm sorry sweetie i'm embarrassing anna I would rather my child grow up in the ways of the Lord and never achieve their... I praise God for athletes. They're awesome. Amen. I don't think that every kid that wants to play a sport is called to be an athlete. I don't think that's God's mandate for their life. Come on. So why is it that we are worshiping these things and then they can't come to church? Let's... Oh, my gosh. As a youth pastor, I used, to go, I used to go through this so much. I don't even know where I'm going right now, guys. Let's just, I told you, we're on a roller coaster, guys. It's going to get crazy and then sad and then glad and all this stuff. As a youth pastor, I used to see so many parents bring their kids to all these different things and, and then say, oh, Marcus, would you pray for my kid? They're doing this and they're doing that. And I say, well, you don't bring them to church. How often do you pray with them? Yeah, oh, I don't. I, 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 yeah, exactly. That's the point. You don't pray with your kids. You don't disciple them. You don't read the Bible with them. You don't pray with them and intercede for them. You are literally taking them from God to God and building up idols in their hearts because you have idols in your hearts. Come on. You know who some of the greatest disciples are? Mothers. Come on. Let's give it up for the moms in Jesus' name. Let's give it up for the moms in Jesus' name. You know why? Because moms don't stop praying for their kids. They don't stop talking to their kids. They don't start quoting scripture to their kids. You ever see a mom like she, she about to beat her kid, but then she going like through her gritted teeth, she's like reciting Bible verses like, oh boy, you lucky the goodness of God is your favorite right now. Why? Because her heart towards her child never stops beating. And the same heart that mothers have and fathers should have, which many of us do, the same heart from the father is coming down and is trying to break your follow ground. Break the follow ground, the word says. What is the follow ground we are? Follow ground, it literally means this. It means a ground that was once fruitful, once useful, once beautiful is now dead, dry, and nothing can come out of it because it hasn't been used. It used to be good. It used to have your favorite plants and fruits and all that fun stuff. It didn't grow meat. It was just fruit, guys. Come on, get healthy. You ever seen somebody with a case of the used to's? 
You ever seen you ever seen the old guy that, oh yeah, I used to be the star QB of the team and oh I threw 57 touchdowns. Bro, y'all won 0 and 7 and you only played two games. Stop lying to me. Like you always hear like, oh, like people that say, oh, I used to be this, I used to be faster, I used to eat better, I used to be stronger, I used to have this job, I used to do this. And I'm thinking, what did you used to do for the kingdom? And be, oh man, me and my boys were on fire, all this. Well, what are you doing now? And people go silent. We've got a case of the used to's in church where we can talk about all the great services we were a part of back 20 years ago, back five years ago, how we used to pray, how we used to preach to people, how we used to lay hands on the sick, and we live in the glory days of the past, and we think that we're okay because it happened a year ago. You're saying that you remember when you used to be fast. God says, I remember when you used to fast. I remember when you used to fast. God, I remember when I used to do this. He said, I remember when you used to be on fire. I remember when you used to actually love me. I remember when every little gust, I remember when the AC would turn on and you thought it was the Holy Spirit tickling your ear and telling you to get into prayer. And now you feel the AC and you hear the literal voice of God and you ignore him. And God is saying, what happened to you? What happened to us? We've got to look inwards and say, this is where I started building up monuments in my heart for other things. Because Watch this. Because many of us grew hard towards God because we didn't get what we wanted when we wanted. You used to be in a prayer closet. And then you didn't get that job. You didn't get that promotion. You didn't get that car, that house, that sick person you were praying for passed away. That person you were praying for that got saved passed away and they didn't know the Lord. And you felt like God wasn't responding to you. So the moment you felt like he wasn't talking and responding, you stopped. And we have got to stop. Oh my gosh, it's quiet in here. Praise God. We have got to stop blaming God for our lack of desire and discipline for his heart. It's not God's fault that we don't want him. Philippians 2 literally tells us that God works in us to will and to work for his good pleasure. It's not God's fault. Maybe there's some barriers that we've set up through hurt, through pain, disappointment, different things. And we've let these walls come up and we think that they're protecting us, but really they're shielding the Holy Spirit from us. Jesus. Can we just sit on that for a moment? Who in here is saved? You ain't got to raise your hands. Just, Just reflect on this. You realize the Holy Spirit lives in you, right? You know how grieved I get when I think of how long I go throughout the day without talking to him? How rude of it, how rude would I be if I spent all day with my wife and never spoke to her until I wanted something from her? Come on. Did you just do the smack? She said she would smack me, y'all. Can somebody pray for her? Praise God. How rude would I be if I spent all day, and listen, my wife, she loves to talk all day to me, so I can't, she ain't going to let that happen. She's talking to me all day. Listen, we, I love my wife so much. The other day she went to the store. 
Guys, this is how, this is how much we love each other, because I do this too. The other day, my wife went, I said, babe, why don't you get out the house, go to the store, get yourself something. Okay, baby. <laughs> she leaves, and I got like 30 text messages in one hour while she was away. Why? Because even though we had a distance physically, there was a spiritual and emotional connection where we couldn't stop communicating. So what happened to that connection with you and the Holy Spirit? What happened to that connection? Because it didn't just stop in one day. The Holy Spirit, you didn't wake up one day. Here's a, here's a great thing. You know why you have visions and dreams? It's because you sleep, but the Holy Spirit doesn't, and he still wants to actually talk to you. So it's not the Holy Spirit's fault that you don't hear him talking. It's the blockades that you set up in your heart because he's still talking. He's still speaking. And God, it's time to break that thing up that's holding the Holy Spirit back from speaking to us and ministering to us and ministering through us. There's no fruit in our lives because we're not connected to the source. We're not plugged into, come on somebody, we're not plugged into the right source. We've got everything else tugging at our heart. Come on somebody. And it's pulling us in a place where we don't want to be anyway, but we're addicted to the feeling. Some of us are addicted to the very thing that's killing us. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all know people that used to be hooked on drugs. Some of y'all used to be addicted. Drugs, porn, whatever it is. And it's killing us, and we keep going back to it. What's killing you? I want you to seriously ask yourself right now. Because the Bible says we go from glory to glory, from faith to faith, right? So if I'm backtracking, what stopped me? What got in my way to keep me from pursuing a lot? How long have I been preaching? Okay, not too long. Praise God. Usually I spend like 15 minutes just like introing. So I feel like I'm making good progress today. <laughs> but what's stopping you? What's stopping you? Because when it comes to breaking up the follow ground, you've got to determine what caused it. And when you determine that thing, you can say, Lord, break this off of me. Get this yoke off of me. Set me free. Deliver me and bring me back to my first love. You want to know how to break the follow ground? Tears. And listen, I got my God. The ladies last week, they preached an amazing. It was literally one of the best messages I've heard in my entire life, y'all. I've been dwelling on it every week. Watch this. Go ahead. Give it up for the ladies. Praise God. One of the best messages I ever heard in my life, and I was dwelling on it all week. Here's the beautiful thing. They were talking about this Hannah cry, right? This groaning and this tears and this travail to birth something. And it was beautiful because the moment that I was told that I was going to preach this day, the Lord immediately told me Hosea 10, 12. And I said, Lord, we are nowhere near that subject at the church right now. Like, I'm going to be bringing something. They're not even going to know what I'm talking about. And then within about two days last week, God just began to reveal this thing. And I sat in a room with Alan Hood, who preached on Hosea 10, 12. And then remember last week, this woman of God from, I think, Fredericksburg came up. She talked about Hosea 10, 12. And then they talked about breaking something in you. Let me, let me let you guys understand something. Tears show up at the end of every emotion. Tears show up at the end of every single emotion. Can I prove it to you? Yes, I can. Thank you. I appreciate it. I got the mic. You don't. Who likes comedy? Who likes to laugh? There we go. Praise God. 
We all like to laugh, right? And how many of you have been watching comedy or a, a rom-com or something funny, and, or you see somebody fall if you're like me or if you're like my wife? Baby, I'm just picking on you today. Listen, if any of y'all fall or trip in front of my wife, she will help you and laugh for 30 minutes after. I promise you. But some of us, like, uh, I do it all the time. Like, if you see something that's funny, you start laughing so hard. Your stomach, you, like, feel like you're going to get abs after. You think it's a workout. It's not, boo-boo. And you start laughing so hard, and you start crying. You start crying. Have you ever been so mad that you cry? Come on. You ever been about to fight somebody, and they get away, and you're so mad that you just start crying because you want to break something? Listen, I'm... I remember this one time I was in like middle school or something. This, and this, this kid, you know how we are in middle school, right? Like you do something right before the teacher looks again and then the teacher turns around and then the person retaliates and they get in trouble because the teacher is, well, that happened to me. This kid was messing with me, right? And then the teacher turned around as soon as I'm about to swing on him and then I get in trouble. I said, boy, I'm going to see you. I'm going to see you later. It was this thing like, it was like a YMCA where I was. I lived in England in middle school, praise God. And I remember I said, I'm going to see you at the YMCA. I'm going to knock you out. And uh, we got to the YMCA. I'm looking for him, y'all. And listen, I know I look cool today. I did not look cool back then. Some of my closest friends have seen my Steve Urkel pictures, and they're still laughing to this day. So I'm looking like Steve Urkel. I'm chasing this dude around the YMCA for an hour, waiting until the supervisors aren't looking, and I can't reach him. And then listen, right, oh my God, I remember this like it was yesterday. Right before he was about to leave, his mom comes in. I know who his mama is. I don't care. I'm going to knock him out in front of his mama. So I see his mom. She's at the front door. I'm at the back of the YMCA. He's like halfway there. He looks at her. He looks at me. He just, he just runs for it. Like, he's running as fast as he can to his mom. And I'm running after him. And look, I thought I was fat. I was going. I was going. And he gets to his mom. And I stop halfway. And he looks back at me. And he, like, laughs or something. He walks out. And I remember I was so mad. I was shaking. I literally started crying because I wanted to break his face in. Can, is this okay in church? <laughs> you ever been so grieved that you can't stop crying? You ever been so hurt that you can't stop crying? Here's the thing about tears. I know we talked about tears last week, and half of the room went, zoop. I don't want to talk about that. Half of the men went, zoop. time to go, honey. Let's get out of here. <laughs> tears are at the end of every emotion because tears show up when nothing else can. When you've gotten to the end of your emotions and you can't feel any harder, Tears begin to come out. This is why it breaks the follow ground. This is why it breaks the hardness of your heart because you realize that as much as I want to come to church, just showing up here isn't going to break anything in me. Come on, just hearing a nice sermon isn't going to break anything in me. As great as the preachers are in this house, one house, many verses, uh, vo- I said verses, praise God. Mo- one house, many voices. We got amazing preachers here. That's not the only thing that's going to break it. You have to come to this place where you realize, here's the thing, tears show up when you realize you can't do it by yourself. You can't do it on your own. So don't tell me you're not a tearful person. It's not about if you're a tearful person. It's if you recognize that you can't get the freedom you want without him. This is not a thing for men or women. Tears are for the tender. 
And I don't care if you've not cried in 20 years. I'm not telling you that you need to start crying every day. That's not what I'm saying. But when you get this blessing, when you start to have tears in your prayer room and in the place of brokenness, God begins to move on the ground because why? Water breaks the hard soil. And the same thing the Lord does in the spirit when you te- when the tears break the fallow ground in your heart because God loves nothing more than somebody that's humbled themselves. That's what your tears do. They humble you. They make you say, man, I'm a mess. I can't do this. Look at where I am. How did I get here? How did I lose my fire? How did I lose my love? What in the world am I doing here? And you just begin to break down and say, Lord, I need you to break something in me. And what happens is the tears moisten the soil so fruit can be produced today. And come on, somebody. And I know that a lot of you are in this room today and you're in this place where it's like, I love God. I'm going to heaven when I die, but I'm not at that place where God wants me to be. I feel it in the spirit. God is going to revive some people today. God is going to bring you your joy back today. God is going to bring you your freedom back today. God is going to bring you your hope back today. Oh, I need some help in here. God is going to break you and build you and revive you again. You will not die like this. Come on. You will not die like this. I refuse as one of the leaders in this house to let you sit here and not be addressed that, hey, there's something in you that God wants to heal. There's something in you that God wants to break, to produce a new fruit. You wonder why, oh my God, I'm trying to be nice. You wonder why you're not seeing any fruit. I'm going to just keep it basic right now, praise God. Sometimes I got I to gotta stop myself sometimes. You wonder why you're not seeing any fruit in your life. It's because you're hard at heart. And God could care less about the actions you produce if you don't have a heart after his own heart. I don't care how many times you pray the same corny prayer that your friends will get saved if you don't actually care if they do or not. Can we be real? Some of us, we, I want you to do this. Every time you feel like you're praying out of obligation, just stop. Just stop. Don't do it. Because it's not doing anything for you and it's not doing anything for the Lord. He doesn't want to hear you say stuff you don't actually mean. What does Psalm 139 say? Before I spoke it on my mouth, you knew it, oh God. He already knows how you feel before you say it. What's the point of getting in his face and lying knowing you don't actually care about what you're praying for? This is why intercession is so important in the church and praying and being people of intercession. Because here's the thing. Intercession is more than just praying for other people and other stuff. Intercession is when you feel like he feels and then you pray like he prays. Jesus is praying right now. Jesus spent 30 some odd years on this earth and 30 of them. We're preparing for a three-year ministry. I'm stealing Pastor Gio's stuff right now. Pastor Gio, you ain't here. Ha ha. He spent three years in powerful ministry. And for the last 2,000 years, he's been doing the greatest ministry he can do outside of salvation. He's praying for you. What is he praying for? That you would be broken and built up and softened in the heart of God and returned to a first love that activates you to reach other people. I will preach. You guys know me by now. I'm a revivalist. I preach revival. That's all I ever talk about. Praise God. I'm going to talk about that until the day I die. But if we don't get it here, it doesn't affect out there. Listen, I'll, I'll, I'll just say it straight up. I'm not talking about here, but there's some places in the world. Don't invite people to church because God's not there. 
There's some places where it's like, they're better off going to your living room than some churches. Come on. They're better off going to your living room than they are some churches because at least there they'll get the truth and they'll get love and not a program that gets you out in 39 minutes. Okay, I need to be nice. Praise God. There was another verse I wanted to read. Let me see if I can find it. Let me see if I can find it. Praise God. Praise. Luke 18. We see the story, this, um, this, this persistent widow. And Jesus, he, he gives us a story. He's saying, I want you to pray and not lose hope. I want you to pray and not lose hope. And he talks about this persistent widow who she wants justice against her adversary. And the judge could care less about God. He could care less about man. But because I'm not reading the whole story. Luke 18. You got it. But because of his persistence, her persistence, he gave her justice. And the Lord said, well, I not answer swiftly to those who cry. Who cry out day and night. Will I not answer them speedily? Assuredly, I will. There's the thing. He didn't say pray. He said cry. Because there's a place where you get. Where it's like, Lord, if you don't do this, I don't know what's going to happen. Have you ever been in a place where it's like, Lord, if you don't show up, it's a a wrap. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how they're going to get saved. I don't know how I'm going to get healed. Can I tell you, I never cried more in my life than when my wife was on her deathbed. Some of you didn't hear the story. I'll give it to you very briefly. In 2017, 2016 to 2017, my wife got diagnosed with Crohn's disease. And every month she was in the hospital for at least three to five days. She couldn't eat. She couldn't even hold water down. And I watched my wife drop so many pounds, it was ridiculous. And the doctors literally told her, there's nothing we can do to help you. Because not only is it bad, it's really bad. You can't afford it. You can't afford the help that we could give you anyway. So it took us, I don't know, maybe a year before we actually got the, the medicine that she needs. Now, long story short, God healed my wife of Crohn's disease. I know I skipped over a short story, but give God some praise. Go ask her about it after church. She would love to talk to everybody at one time in the church, right? Praise God. But I was in, out every night, whether she was home or not, I was in tears and I was crying. I didn't even know what to say. I didn't, know, I didn't know how to pray. Like, what do I do to convince God right now to do something? I tried the, listen, I tried the, the I'm going to bring it down, I'm going to tear it down, I'm going to pull it down out the heavens. I manifest healing now in Jesus' name. No, no, no. No. Nothing? Okay, praise God. Get up off the floor. That's a joke. It's okay. I tried that. I tried the King James, thou art thy healer. I tried everything and none of it worked. None of it worked. And I am a pastor. I'm preaching. Watch this. I'm seeing revival start to brew up in my youth group and my wife is dying and I couldn't pray the healing into her. And I didn't know what to do. All I, oh, all I had were tears. And can I tell you, I know this for a fact that God picked up every tear in his bottle, as the Bible says, and those are more valuable than any word that I ever said when I prayed. Tears break the follow ground. Watch this. And tears break the heart of God to move. If you want to get healing, get to the end of yourself. Like, I'm not even going to tell you to cry because this isn't something that you conjure up. I'm not a crier. I'm really not. But when I get to the end of myself and I realize there's nothing else I can do, 
there's this frustration in me like, God, you got, like, you have to do this. This is how I pray when I come to the end of myself. There's one phrase I say, God, you have to do it. You have to. Because I can't. I've tried and nothing's working. God, you have to do it. And when you pray like that, it moves the heart of God and it moves the heavens on your behalf. And God will do things you never thought that you see in your lifetime. But you got to push through. You got to push through. And you got to watch this. Here's another one for you. You got to learn how to travail. I know we said that word last week and a lot of y'all looked at Google and you said travail. Tra how do I spell this? What's that, Pastor Destin? Okay, travail. There we go. Not the veil, right? Travail. What is travail? I'm going to keep it very simple for you guys because this, this is about to hit our house. It's already starting to hit the house, but it's about to do it at a greater level. I told the staff uh, like two or three weeks ago, I said, the Lord told me that he's going to rake out a house of Hannah's out of us. And that's not, ge listen, that's gender neutral. He's bringing out a people that will groan and yearn until something is birthed out of them. So what is, what is, what is travail? Great question. Travail is spiritual labor. If you want to know what travail is, it's spiritual labor. What does that mean? Anytime a woman is in labor, it's because she's about to birth something. Something's actually about to come out of her that's going to bring life. And spiritual labor, travailing, is where you are groaning and you are pushing in prayer and in the spirit until something is pushed out of you and birthed in you. This is the thing. The Bible says this in Hosea 10, 12. Break up your fallow ground, right? Because it's time to seek the Lord until. This verse right, that, that one single word. You know, preachers love to break down one word, don't we? It's time to seek the Lord until. And we got to be real in this room tonight. We got to be serious about this in this room. I said tonight, praise God. It's only like 12 o'clock. <laughs> Some of us aren't seeing what we're praying for because we didn't pray until. Right? It's time to seek the Lord. When the Lord breaks you, when he breaks you down, when he opens something in you and he begins to pour out his rivers of living water. Now, come on. That's when you say, okay, I'm stepping into the river. Now's not my time to look at the sea stars and pick up seashells. It's time to go deeper. Come on, somebody. It's time to go deeper. It's time to tread out. And it's time to go into the deep things of God as he calls to the deep things of you until he births something in you, until he does the thing that you're laboring for and you're praying for in the secret place and you're crying out for and you've got tears for. Pray until it happens. It's time to seek the Lord. We got to stop playing. Can I just say this? I'm going to say it anyway. Praise God. We've spent enough time debating over politics. We've spent enough time arguing whether or not Trump should have won again. Oh, y'all didn't like that. That's okay. We've spent enough time talking about stuff that does not matter in heaven. And because of that, we've lost our effectiveness in prayer. We've lost our effectiveness in travail. Why? Because instead of travailing, we're arguing. Some of y'all can spend two hours arguing on Facebook, but can't pray for 30 minutes for the person you just argued with. And God says, I need you to pray and push until that thing actually happens. One of my favorite stories of this is Elijah, when he said, I'm about to go up on this mountain, get the chariots ready, get your stuff ready, get your umbrella, 
and your rain boots because God's about to pour something out on the land. And he goes up to the mountain and he puts his, his head in between his legs and he's rocking and he's praying and he sends his servant. Is it there yet? There's, I just need to see one cloud. Is it there yet? The servant says nothing. Go again. Oh, come on. I'm, I'm going to tell some people, go again. Yeah. I went into the prayer closet and nothing happened. Go again. Yeah. I labored in travail and the Lord released a groan and nothing happened. Go again. Go again. Go again. Go again. And she went, he went again and again until he saw a small cloud. That's all he needed. Let me tell you, all you need is one little thing to happen and you just start running after it. Come on. Elijah saw one cloud. He picked up his little, whatever they call it. The, the, uh, I forget what it's called. Praise God. He picked up, he girded his loins. There we go. Praise God. Don't you like that? He girded his loins. Praise God. And he outran the chariot. Oh my God. He outran chariots. Why? Because he travailed until something birthed in the earth and he was able to run faster than he ever ran. When you pray like you've never prayed, when you push like you've never pushed, and when you travail until the birthing comes and God pours out on the land and pours out on your heart, you will have the strength and the power to outrun every gate of hell that ever tried to stop you. That's where it happens. That's where it happens when you get the Jacob wrestling in you. Yeah, the Jacob wrestling. I'm not letting go. Here's the thing. I love this story because this is what I always ask. Jacob's wrestling with the angel of the Lord. And it says he prevailed against him. Who won? Who won? You don't have to answer. I know it's a confusing question. It's like, where are you going with this, Mark? I don't know. Who won? Did Jacob win? It says he, he prevailed. He got the blessing. He got what he wanted. So Jacob won, right? No, God won because that's what he wanted in the first place. And we need to recognize the very thing that you're in, what you're, what you're crying for and you're laboring for and you're praying for and travailing for, you're not fighting against God. You're fighting with God until he breaks it and brings it in. Some of you need to get to this place where you call God at his word. And I'll, listen, I'll be saying some crazy stuff sometimes. I'm surprised God hasn't like physically punched me yet. I'll, I'll be like, God, you said you were going to do this. Are you a liar? God, your word is above your name. Your word says this. Are you a liar? Because if they don't get healed, my name's not on the line. Your name is. I'm telling you, y'all. I say some crazy stuff. I'm, I'm surprised I'm still here sometimes. But sometimes you say, listen, you say whatever you say when you're laboring. Right? And you're pushing. And you're prodding. I remember I used to always, for, with my first kid, I used to make fun of my wife because she would be complaining. She'd be complaining about her pregnancy. She'd be complaining about the pains that she felt. And I'd say, what are you crying for? What are you upset for? You asked for this. You wanted a baby. You asked for this. Here it is. You got to deal with it. And she would punch me. <laughs> There's no heavy revelation. She would just go off on me. I'm like, okay, my bad, my bad. But what I recognized, listen, I want to tell you, one of the most powerful things in this world, I'm not trying to get on my wife's good side. I already am. That's why I got four kids. Come on, somebody. One of the reasons why I love my wife so much is because she's willing to push and labor to birth children. And I, through that process, listen, the last time we had uh, baby Zion, he was born, what, almost four months ago. She was killing it, y'all. She was, I didn't even realize she was like laboring. She was just chilling. We were cracking jokes and she just go quiet for a few moments. Why? She got used to it. 
Come on, she, oh, she was able to push and travail with a greater ease because she was used to it. Because, oh, because she'd been in that room before. Come on, because she'd been in that room before, she learned how to push until something happened. So the next time I go in, this, this thing's coming no matter what. So I might as well, there's this place where you get in prayer and travailing in tears where you're not trying to muster anything up and you're not trying to arm wrestle God to the ground. You already know he's going to do it. You just got to do your part. Come on, you got to do your part. God's going to do his part. I promise you, I don't care how long you've been praying, God's going to do his part. He has to because he's not a liar. That promise that you didn't get and that made you stop praying, get back in the prayer room because guess what? You ever seen a loading bar on a computer? It's loading and you accidentally press the wrong button and it starts all over. That's not how it works with God. Come on, you leave and you're discouraged. And you say, well, I ain't praying no more because it don't work and God don't hear me. And I'm going to go to church because I'm going to get to heaven. But I'm mad. Don't nobody lay hands on me because I'm going to knock your hand off. I don't want no prayer. Don't give me no God bless you, brother, sister. I don't want to hear it. And then you get in a room where God's breaking something. And you go home. And you say, let's try this again. You don't have to start over from the beginning. Come on. Those prayers that you were praying for five years and you stopped for seven years, you don't have to start over. Come on. You don't start from the beginning level. God's like, I've been waiting for you. Let's keep pressing now. Come on. I've been waiting for you. Let's keep pushing now. I've been waiting for you. Let's pick up where we left off. You don't lose steps in the kingdom. Come on. You don't lose steps. There's this place with the Lord that you get where you're like, okay, I'm dusting myself off. I know I had a rough couple of months. I know I had a rough couple of years. I know things were a little bit crazy. I know I started acting a fool and backsliding. But can I tell you why I love God? Because not only does he redeem your mind, he redeems the times. And he says, guess what? I'm going to bring it more rapidly now because you're willing to press through knowing that you can't do nothing anyway but pray, but groan. Come on, somebody. I want you to understand when it comes to this revival, thing, when it comes to revival in your personal life, when it comes to revival in our region nationally and globally, just as a baby sits in the birth canal, revival is sitting in the earth canal and is waiting for a people. Oh, I wish I had some help there. It's waiting for a people to push through. Your revival is in the canal right now and God is saying, will you push through? Will you press in? Will you pray until it actually happens? He says, listen, Seek the Lord until, come on, until he reigns. Oh, I felt that. Until he reigns righteousness. Come on. He's about to rain something down. He's about to pour something out. And he's waiting for people to pray until it actually happens. Can I tell you one of the greatest stories of, of pushing through, of seeing something happen? Because sometimes it takes a while, sometimes it doesn't. Y'all remember Lazarus, right? Some of y'all say, mm-hmm, like you know him personally. Praise God. <laughs> y'all remember Lazarus, right? And you remember when Jesus said this sickness will not end in death? It did, but God said I wasn't done yet, so pay attention to the story. He says, not going to end in death, and he died. And he came to the town, and Martha says, if you were here, my brother would not have died. God, I got hair in my mouth. God, like... This is what happens when you got a long beard. I'm sure it happens to Pastor Gio all the time. If you were here, my brother wouldn't have died. Watch this. But Mary comes, and she says the same thing from a different posture, from a different place in the heart. You know what I realized about revival? Burden happens 
when the tears of Jesus affects the tears of men. Revival happens when the tears of men affect the tears of God. And Mary came to Jesus and her brokenness. And she said, if you were here, he wouldn't have died. I believe in you. I know you can still do this thing. And he said, come with me. I'm going to show you where he is. Right? Come, watch this. She said, come with me. I'm going to show you exactly where he is. You're not getting out of this one. Sometimes you got to take Jesus right to the point of your pain. You got to take him right to the point of your hurt and say it's right there. You're trying, watch this. You're trying to give God, some of y'all in this room and you're broken. You're trying to give directions to the area of brokenness, but you don't want to go there with him. Well, it was like five years ago, and I think their name was Pastor so-and-so, but I'm not going to say their name because I'm still bitter. Go over there, take care of that. God says, we're going together or we're not going at all. Yeah. You can't, you can't ask God to do something and ask Jesus to walk into a room that you're not willing to walk in with him. Right? Because he says, if we're going to bring this healing thing, I want you to see it. And I want you to feel it. And so Mary takes him and she said, hey, I want you to see this thing. And it says, Jesus wept. Why did Jesus wept? Because he felt the heart of Mary. Right? Because he felt the heart of Mary. Not because he was just in a good mood and then he's just, she's like ruining the party. Not because, oh, you know, if, you, if we give you a couple of dollars, can you show us some emotion? No, he responded to the end of Mary's emotions. And in that, he had to respond and he had to bring something back to life. Hello, revival. You want revival in your life, you got to point that thing out and say, bring it back now. Do it now. I'm going to stand here, and I'm going to wait. I'm going to groan, and I'm going to wrestle. And you're not getting out this room until it happens. Come on. Some of y'all need to get rough. Because some of y'all say, oh, I'm not a rough person. I hear the way you talk to your spouse. Don't lie to me. I hear the way you talk to your kids. Don't lie to me. Come on. Oh, I'm not very emotional. I've seen you watch Netflix. I've seen you at your kid's t-ball game, and I've seen you when a new Marvel movie comes out. Don't tell me you're not emotional. Come on, if we can get back to this heartbeat that says, I know he has to do it in me, and I'm not leaving until he does. And whatever it looks like, it looks like you will find a new place of freedom, of strength, of joy, of peace. And from that fruit of the barren ground becoming fruitful again, not only do you reap the benefit, your family reaps the benefit, their friends reap the benefit. And guess what? Tampa, Florida will reap the benefit of your revival with the regional revival. That's a good place to say amen and give Jesus some praise. Come on. Can we, uh, Covey, can you come back up here, my bro? Can y'all stand with you, uh, with me to your feet? I want to read this verse to you. Hosea 11.4. This verse right here is going to set a lot of y'all free. Because you think that Jesus is going to come and he's going to ridicule you. And he's going to mess with you. And he's going to mock you while healing you. That's why a lot of us don't get our healing. That's why a lot of us don't get broken through. That's why a lot of us don't walk in the freedom God wants us to. Because we think if I go in the room with Jesus, he's going to ridicule me while fixing the problem. Right? You broke your leg. You go to the hospital. Well, how'd you do that? Oh, I wanted to jump off the roof into the trampoline, into the pool, and see what happens. Well, that's what you get, dummy. Here's a cast. That's not what Jesus does. You want to know what he does? You want to know what happens when you turn? You want to know what happens when you get into the prayer room? You want to know what happens when you begin to travail? And you begin to say, I don't feel like being broken, but do it anyway? Hosea 11:4. I drew them with gentle cords. 
Come on. I drew them with bands of love, and I was to them as those who take the yoke from their neck. I stooped down and I fed them. He's drawing with gentle cords right now. He's wrapping with bands of love right now. He's removing the yoke from your neck and he's feeding you in this moment. Come on, let's just begin to pray. Jesus. Can we just lift our hands? Do something. Get yourself comfortable. Come on, get yourself comfortable. Yes. The Lord says a breaking for a breaking. God says, I'm going to break your fallow ground. I'm going to make you fruitful again so that you can break ground for the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, reveal. Come on, right now, just ask the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, reveal all my brokenness, all my walls, all my doubts and my hurts, all my bitterness, everything I've been allowing in my heart and building up walls and building up addictions to my pain, building up addictions to the things that are killing me because I don't want to go through the process of healing. Let me let you know, the only pain there is in the healing is saying that you need to be healed. The only pain in the healing is saying you need healing. The only pain in the breakthrough is you saying you need breakthrough. What is the point? It's to be healed. It's to be whole. It's to be set free. It's to be delivered. It's to be set on a firm foundation. It's to fall in love again. It's to be set on fire again. And it's to be used for the kingdom again. So Holy Spirit, would you reveal those areas right now? Reveal those areas. Take us to rooms that we've been avoiding for years. Yeah. Take us to places and people we've been avoiding for years. Some of y'all are in this room and you've literally said, I'm going to still serve Jesus, but I'm never talking to them again. Some of y'all are in this room and you said, I'm, go I'm, I'm still going to do my thing, but I'm never doing that again. God, I told you this is the last time and you still didn't come through. So I'm going to serve you, but I'm never doing that again. God is resurrecting that thing right now. God is breaking you open. Rivers of living water are bringing life right now. Yes, Lord. Come on, Holy Spirit is revealing those things right now. Some of it is big, some of it is small. But whatever it is, it's keeping you back from the glory that God has to reveal in you. From the glory that God has to reveal in you. From the freedom that is your portion and your inheritance. Can we get the prophetic company to come up? 
This is what I believe the Lord wants to do. Miss Kathy, if you feel anything, just let me know if you want to say something. I feel like the Lord in this moment is wanting to highlight hidden places in our hearts that have kept us from walking in freedom and liberty. And he wants to birth in you this tear and this travail and this assurance and confidence. I just even speak right now that a lot of you are going to walk back into the secret place with more faith than you ever have before. Some of you have lost your faith and you've been praying because you know you're supposed to. Yeah. You've been praying because you know you're supposed to. And God says, I'm, bring, I'm raising your faith back up. Yeah. And you're going to get that burden back. You're going to get that strength back. Some of y'all are going to walk out so passionate, you're not going to even know what to do with yourself. Some of y'all are going to walk out so free, you're not even going to know what to do with yourself. Some of y'all are going to walk out with so much joy, you're going to be smiling for no reason in the car. No music on, just smiling. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I thank you for every person in this room that you're about to bring to a new level of freedom, of joy, of peace. Spirit of prayer. Gift of tears, spirit of travail. 